are listening to JBR's Garage Pass. Today we will cover the origins of Jonathan Byer Racing. What is SRN, our future plans, and much more. Let's go. Welcome to the JBR Garage Pass. I'm Jacob Zala, joined by Jonathan Byer, team owner of Jonathan Byer Racing, Kyle Wimble, driver for Jonathan Byer Racing, and our very own lovely Sean Griffith, the owner of Speed Racing Network. JB, I guess I'll go ahead and start with you. I own a Jonathan Byer Racing. I've owned it since March of 2020. That's when we were founded, kind of in the early stages of Speed Racing Network. We got Kyle here. He was formerly in our three truck and subbed in the 13 once last year. And then our special guest tonight is Sean Griffith, who is the founding member of Speed Racing Network. So we'll get to hear a bit about that coming up. Well, I think our first order of business is talking about SRN. So I'm going to go straight to Sean with the biggest question of the night. What is Speed Racing Network, Mr. Sean Griffith? I mean, so, I mean, just to clarify a couple of things, number one, I'm not the owner. I refuse to be the owner. So uh, Jason <laughs> Tripp is actually the owner, but he and I, we kind of got together. A series had formed just for fun, just between a bunch of friends called Mid-South Madness. And it was a complete cluster of a series of five fast repairs per race. Yeah, that's I mean, usually how do they start out. <laughs> nobody knew how to throw a caution right. flag. I mean, <laughs> all that stuff. It was just a lot of fun. And I kind of got into it because COVID hit and, and I saw NASCAR doing iRacing on TV. And I thought, man, that's kind of cool. So I sent a message to Corey Knight and some of you know Corey and said, man, have you seen this iRacing thing? Because Corey's always in the the hip stuff. Like he's always, always current and that sort of thing. He was like, oh yeah, man, I got a league on Sunday nights. And I'm like, okay, great. So I mean, that day I went out and bought a wheel and bought a better computer, which my wife enjoyed very much seeing that bill and jumped on there and, and kind of got into this league. And that's where I ended up meeting Jason Tripp and through a, a series of fun events, basically me completely destroying somebody at Watkins Glen because I had <laughs> zero talent, but then uh, apologizing profusely and just saying, look, man, hey, if you want to come back around and, and knock me out too, I get it. I, we're good. You know, all that stuff. Tripp and I just started talking and we just liked our attitude and all that stuff. And Mid-South Madness season two was born. And once season two was going, I mean, there was just no stopping us. Yeah, and it's funny that you bring up the part about starting it around COVID because that's right when JBR was founded as well because we were just getting into iRacing. We were seeing what NASCAR was doing. We saw what the Coca-Cola series was doing and kind of wanted to be on the forefront of that. So we tried to build it early on. And I just found myself somehow, I think it was through Corey Knight, racing in Mid-South Madness. I raced one race in Season 1, but then started when we hit Season 2. Uh, I was not the best driver at that point in time, let me tell you. Sean can pull up the stats and definitely prove that I've improved since those days. But that was the inception of JBR. And, uh, we ran Xfinity cars at that time, and it was just me uh, racing basically the team by myself and kind of figuring out how to build it. And then we flip it six months later, and we got three series part of SRN. I got a full-time truck team with four other drivers and then myself. So... It kind of just started with a little sprout with Mid-South Madness, and then, boom, we found ourselves in three series. I mean, it's kind of funny when you look at, if you go back and look at the stats and stuff like that, and, hey, I just happen to have them pulled up for you here, Jonathan. Oh, but, here we go. Uh, you know, <laughs> who, who would have thought that Jonathan Beyer would average a start of 19th place and average a finish of 18th place and still stick around and become the Jonathan Beyer that we all know and love now? Wow. You know, right. who would have thought that? <laughs> yeah. That is dedication. That is practice. And, you know, JB takes a lot of time to perfect his craft, and 
I feel like that's why Jonathan Byer Racing in Season 2 really popped off. And I wasn't a part of Jonathan Byer Racing in Season 2. But the things that Jonathan Byer Racing did in Season 2 were insane. Yeah. And, I mean, you can look beyond just the wins that we had. I mean, me and Landon, obviously, we won three races each. But, you know, all of our drivers, Kyle being one of them that was there that season, all had really good average finishes, and we were competitive in everything. It just didn't transfer this season, mostly because of how good the competition got, which, you know, is a big part of Speed Racing Network. You kind of want to live up to the expectations you had the year before, but you can't ever repeat that kind of success, and nothing's going to ever be your first win. And I remember that night, because I was about 200 feet from the start-finish line to get the white flag, and the caution came out, and I was like, really? I remember that. Again? But luckily, we had a teammate landing right behind me, and so... We were still able to lock down the win, but that was a stressful situation. Then you look, we won back-to-back weeks next week at Nashville. Same thing. We had a late caution, and then we ended up finishing four JBR trucks in the top five there. So it's a true testament to this team. We're not a team that practices hours on end every week because we all have lives outside of iRacing, but we do take pride in this team and our craft. We're one of the many teams that does the same thing in Speed Racing Network. So that's what makes the league so much fun and so enjoyable to me. Yeah, and I, mean, I think what, we we also put in as much effort as like the league does with the league putting as much effort into the broadcast and making it something more. I feel like it makes us as teams put a lot more effort into what we do too. Yeah, I mean the basically the broadcast was kind of the cornerstone of the whole thing. So originally, Speed Racing Network was put together to be a group of drivers that was going to become a team and go out there and just dominate every single series. That was the original plan. And then someone said, you know, if you really want to dominate something, you need to look at the broadcast side of things. You know, you need to have your own broadcast company. And so I don't really remember what the conversation was that made me the broadcaster and made me the person that has zero broadcast experience and no experience dealing with graphics or anything like that. All of a sudden be in charge of the broadcast. I don't remember what I was drinking that night, apparently, but (laughs) somehow, some way I became the broadcaster. And I mean, I just spent every waking moment trying to figure out the broadcast. And if you go back on YouTube and we still have those old races up there, they are unwatchable. I mean, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. There's a bit of nostalgia there. There's a bit of nostalgia. I mean, it is honestly like, like looking at a PS5 right now and just having a great time on it and or playing iRacing or whatever you want to do and then you pull out an old Atari and start playing Pong. <laughs> it's just like that's what it looked like. I mean, it is absolutely awful. But then I, I constantly improved. I got better and better at it because I just kept working on it. And then uh, this season, we were so fortunate this season to have Greg Olenek, who a lot of people don't know this. He is a two-time Emmy-nominated producer. Yeah, in um, Charlotte, actually. Yeah, and, and so, <laughs> yeah, and so he uh, he stepped in and said that he'd take it over because kind of started running short on time. Honestly, it was just with my business starting up and everything else in life, and having a ten-year-old daughter that demands my attention, and a wife that kind of likes me to stick around every now and then. But, you know, all those things, I just didn't have time to devote twenty to twenty-four hours a week to to three broadcasts. Yeah, and he does a great job with the broadcasts we have. That allows us as teams to increase that sponsor value because we can really show these companies value in the exposure that we get and the quality of exposure they get through our broadcasts. I feel like that's one of the main things that sets Speed Racing Network apart because there's tons of broadcast die racing leagues out there, but there are few of them that are as competitive have the prize pools, and have the just the group of guys that Speed Racing Network does. That, that's one of the big things I take is 
the competition level's high, but everybody in there has each other's backs. We love to hang out after the races and just talk racing, talk life, do anything. And we're always hanging out together, even cross series. The Xfinity guys hang out with the truck guys. Like, it's just a big family is the best way of putting it. And so, Sean, I have to ask, like, did you see that becoming Speed Racing Network after season one? No. I mean, we had set out to just have a place where, you know, 40 or so people could just go in and kind of escape from reality. That was kind of the whole goal of Speed Racing Network was just have a bunch of friends together and do exactly what you just said, you know, have that family feel. And, you know, a few people have mentioned in the past couple seasons, and I don't disagree with what they're saying, that we've kind of lost that feel a little bit. And the reason for that is just the more people that come in from the outside and the more competition there is yeah. and all that stuff, it tends to move more towards competitive nature than friendly nature. And I equate everything to, to the bowling world because that's where I came from. You have your fun leagues and you have your competitive leagues. And so you can shoot the breeze with people and all that stuff. I mean, I've been very fortunate. I've bowled on the same pair of lanes as some of the Hall of Famers that you've seen on TV, Pete Weber, Walter Ray Williams Jr., those guys, and stuff like that. And, man, they are perfectly cordial and happy. And, man, they'll chat your ear off and all that stuff until it's game time. Once it's game time, you don't talk to them. You don't touch them. You don't say hi. You don't say nothing. I mean, because they don't like you. They don't want you to win. They, You're in their way. Yeah. And that's kind of the feeling as the I ratings go up and as the competition goes up and everything, it's kind of morphed itself into, yeah, we're getting to be a lot more competitive and yeah, there's still that core group there that, Hey, we're all buddy. And you know, we'd love to go out and do what we call raids. So we go out and race in some of these Daytonas or Talladegas or stuff like that and all jump in at the same time. And nobody has a clue that we all know each other or we're all in the same discord yeah. or anything like that. <laughs> and so we just completely dominate those races. That's a lot of fun for us, but the bigger we get, and the more competitive we get, the, for lack of a better term, the more egos we get. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and with those egos, we have to really tread a careful line to where as admins of Speed Racing Network, we have to, we have to keep it as professional as we can. Right. And yeah, we still want to have fun and, and enjoy it. But at the same time, when you're talking the type of money that we've been paying out, you know, it, right. you, you have to maintain that, that arm's length distance and that's why you don't see me out there racing too much and same thing with jason trip we number one we don't have that much time to do it but number two we have to be super careful just not to be accused of playing favorites and that sort of thing which in a league with this much money on the line i mean yeah. it's that's a yeah. really real thing yeah you have yeah. to there's no option i mean with the money floating around and all the different teams and their associations and you know, the, all the admins do a really good job kind of being in that equal ground. And, and you and Trip have to, with your leadership in SRN, you guys have to be completely neutral. And even the admins we have, um, which most of them come within Speed Racing Network, even though they race for other teams, you know, this past season going in, some of us were like, oh, I don't know, like they're going to have their favors towards certain teams because of past experiences or whatever. But I felt like for the most part, they did a really good job of being neutral and just looking at it from a racing point of view. And so that was a big step because like you said, you know, Mid-South Madness was one series, one night a week. And then we go to racing three series, three nights a week. That takes a lot more people. And I remember last season towards the end of the year, you were looking for broadcasters. So I threw my hat in the ring to try it out. And 
I never saw myself broadcasting a iRacing race on YouTube, but I had a lot of fun with it. So, so it, I, Speed Racing Network has just been a ton of firsts, and we kind of just keep building because we're two and a half years basically into this now. And if you would have looked back two and a half years ago and then saw where we are today, you would have said that's never going to happen. But here we are. Yeah, I mean, the fun part for us is this is this is so duplicatable. This people could take what we do in this series and duplicate it over and over and over and over, you know, no problem at all, as long as they have the time and the passion to do it. And that's what we see a lot of. And it's really interesting. I was looking at the list of all time winners in, in speed racing network and how few of them are still with us. Yeah. I was going to say that too. Yeah. And it's so crazy because they get to a point where they expect to win every single week. And when they mm-hmm. don't win, they come at either someone else in the league or at us as admins. Like, like it's my fault for that. Somebody cross the start finish line faster than you. I mean, like, and so we have to sincerely take a stand and not play favorites. Even if you're a seven, eight time winner, whatever it is, we can't sit there and play favorites with you. Like we treat you the same as we treat everybody else. And some people just don't like that. And and that's okay. That's their business. But what we always end up saying to them is, dude, if you think that what we're doing is special, it's not. Yeah, be my <laughs> guest. I mean, go out there and go out there and do it. I'll give you the I'll give you the entire structure right now. Here you go. It's on a silver right. platter. Have fun. And it's amazing how many of them go away for a season and then come right back the next season oh, and say, yeah. Hey, can I please come back? And Kyle's been around racing in North Carolina a little bit, and he'll tell you it's the exact same way. Guys build up these egos, these expectations. Um, And it could have been the same for our team last year, coming off a six-win season as a team, reigning team champions. And this year, we lost in the second round of the team playoff. We could tuck our tail and run. We know we're getting good competition, and the same way in real life. Yeah, I mean, sometimes, and you just get burnt out too. Sometimes, like, yeah. with mm-hmm. it's at the end of the day, it comes down to it's high racing, and you have real life stuff. So you just get burnt out too. So sometimes, just take a break and come back. That's why I did last season. So yeah, we were yeah, life happens season. for everybody. Like our, it, it our does. Friend Jack Johnson, who drove for us yeah. in season two. You know, I like Jack. He had a I like kid, Jack. Had a baby. <laughs> he had a baby, and he's slowly building back up. And we're proud that to announce that he's going to be back on our Xfinity team. He's a real asset to our team. And we told him, hey, you're still a part of JBR till the day this ends. So, you know, take your time, enjoy your time with your newborn, do what you got to do as a father. And when you're ready to come back and race, come back and race. And so you know, we've kind of just left that in his hands and he'll still come in and chat with us time to time. And then I got a message a couple of weeks ago. He's like, I know you're starting to build season four. Like, what do you have? I'm, I'm ready to come back. And it's always a good sign when good drivers like that want to come back. But Sean, like you were saying, that's a league wide thing. Guys take a break yeah. from it because they need to, but then they're like, okay, I need that back because we all like to have that little bit of competition every week and that little bit of something different that rather than just running open lobby races. Or just and, around and, and for me, just like I do a lot during the summer outside. So I golf and you go out fishing and whatnot. So it's hard sometimes to commit to summertime nights, but the winter season, you know, cools off, it gets cold. Everybody's inside. So I feel like the winter season is a lot more. Yeah. Fun. I think we're kind of pushing more like we've heard that out of more and more people where the summer is just really super hard to do that. And so I think instead of doing the, you know, we were originally intending on doing two 18 week seasons per per 
calendar year. Yeah. That was the original plan. I think we've finally figured out that we like the 20-week structure, maybe even going 24 at some point, whatever it is, but only do it from when school is in, right. basically. Yeah. Just because as all of us get older and all of us get married, have kids and all that stuff, Jacob, you've got plenty of time before that, dude. <laughs> Go yeah. have fun. Hey, I stay hey, in there, so I'm good. Yeah, I mean, but it's just kind of as we get older with this group, yeah, we want to be able to support each other and still hang out and do all that stuff. But yeah, it's, it is so hard to put together a 20 week season for three different series, yeah, which encompasses a hundred plus drivers. Yeah. I mean, and everybody be happy about it. Well, and that's it's so hard. The big, the big thing, yeah. You're not so. going to please everybody. And the big thing yeah. I like that we added last season was the built in off weeks because, oh, yes. you know, like Kyle said, it, you can get burnt out on this pretty easy, especially if the going's not good. And so those built in off weeks are good where you could just kind of take a week break if you have to. But we also know we're racing on an iRacing simulation, and so there's weeks where they have to make updates to the software and stuff like that, and you usually do not want to race on those weeks because things are finicky and servers are jacked up, so just having those built-in off weeks and to avoid those kind of problems because nobody wants to be in the middle of a league race and then the server messes up and kicks half the league out, and then you're oh, like, well, that's that really fair. Yeah, we've had it happen, and you're, you're <laughs> no, I can only imagine, Sean, in your situation, you're like throwing your hands up in the air. It's like, well... There's nothing we can do about it. We can't put oh, you back in the tears. race. We can't reschedule. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. what do you want us to do? And so it's good to just avoid those kind of situations that put you guys in those bad spots. But it's also good to just take those breaks mentally as a driver and then team-wise to just get things reorganized, get your paints back in order and all that. Those off weeks are perfect weeks for us to give our sponsors some value on social media and stuff like that. So that's a big addition. I'm excited. In fact, the very first off week we have, we I think it's October... 26th in the truck series, but the last week of October, whatever it is, we literally took that off just because. <laughs> I mean, there was zero reason to take that off. I mean, I guess you could call it Halloween week. I mean, yeah. but who, care, who yeah. cares about <laughs> Halloween week when Halloween is like the next Monday or whatever? Right. But it's we just took that off because we didn't want to race eight weeks in a row, Yeah, you yeah. know? And so let's break this up a little bit. And so I think we... We took that into account, and plus just going in knowing that, look, the plan is to go through kind of the school year and then kind of take a break for the summer. Or maybe if we do run a series, it'll be a small series, short series, just for keeping yeah, people in it. fun series to keep people engaged. Yeah. Which is, it's good for people that have families and travel during the summer. I mean, a ton of people yep. do it. That's what the summers are kind of there for. You know, when we were putting the schedules together, what we did was we kind of looked at we kind of looked at the vehicles. We kind of looked at what we've done in the past. We just wanted to kind of change it up a little bit. One thing that a couple of the surveys said was, hey, let's mix up the schedule so that way those drivers on Tuesday don't get an unfair advantage on another day because they were out there, right. which yeah. Yeah. we all know it's a different vehicle and we all, you know, we get it. But at the same time, that's not a bad you know, it's not a bad concept where, hey, let's change this up a little bit. We want to get the we want to get the staples in there. You want to get the Talladegas and Daytonas. We wanted to go back to Twin Ring. We thought that was a really great truck race. Yeah, uh, we wanted to have. 
Yeah, I mean, we wanted to have a couple of a couple of road courses. We wanted to have at least one road course in the playoffs. We wanted to have at least one short track in the playoffs because this season we did all the cookie cutters yeah. uh, in the playoffs, yeah. and it really, while the racing was good, and it, and anybody that says that the racing isn't good on those cookie cutters is lying to you. But it did lack a, a certain finesse, yeah. and so so we did feel that, and so we wanted to just be sure. Everything was changed up. So yeah, a couple of these are we could have replaced Rockingham with Darlington. I mean, we could have. Like we could have. I mean, and so th- that's exactly yeah, what happened. So I mean, what's so funny yeah. is the, the second I said we could have replaced Rockingham with Darlington, he was like, oh, "But I like Rockingham." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I'll we'll tell you what. Let's get rid of Kentucky. But I like Kentucky. Yeah, okay. Okay. Like, all right. Well, you know, I can't and, please so, everybody. So it's kind of just a push and pull, you know. Well, and it was so funny because we put out the the Cup Series and everybody just raved about it. And then we put out the truck series and everybody raved about it. And then we put out the Xfinity series and he and I have already talked this thing out. There's no problems here. I promise. But Zimmerman just said, wow, that's, that schedule's a little bit sus. And I'm old. <laughs> I hate that word so much. <laughs> like, I cannot stand that. And I was just like, then don't drive. There you <laughs> like, go. I'm not changing it. Well, I don't care. That's what I love. You know? like, Network, there's such a big group of drivers that want to be a part of it. And we had, a lot more drivers wanted to drive trucks this year than we had spots for. Yeah. So, like, it's if you don't want to race, you don't have to race. Like, I love that. The fact that you're not forcing anybody to be here because we're all paying to be here, first of all. But second of all, that makes sure that when you line up 40 or 43 trucks out on the track, those are 40 to 43 guys that want to be there and want to race oh, yeah. and want to win. And, and that's what helps competition so much. Just to back up, I mean, seriously, I absolutely love Devin Zimmerman. I do consider him a very good friend. And and so it, it was not a shot at him saying, well, good and great. I'm not going to have Devin Zimmerman in my league, you know, that sort of thing. It wasn't anything like that. It was just kind of putting the point out there like, okay, I mean, the schedule's out there. You can't change it. You run with what you brung. I mean, let's get out there and let's race. Yeah. And so, so yeah, there, there could have been a lot of changes in all three of the series as far as schedules and stuff like that. But I think overall, as a whole, I think we did a really good job, especially with it being the first time that we've had three completely separate schedules. What tracks most excite you from each series? Oh, man. So from the truck series, I I think our experiment at Twin Ring was amazing. Yeah. I think... The other one that that I absolutely love because it was one of the first tracks that I drove in at Mid-South Madness, which turned into Speed Racing Network, is Mid-Ohio. I think that is going to be a blast. And, and they're, they're, it's very polarizing. You either love it or you hate it. It is, um, yeah. But I absolutely love that track. I'm terrible at it. My my uh, rankings on Sim Racer Hub you know, explained that I'm terrible at it. I think I made it through about two turns before I went off track there and completely damaged my car. But hey, we had five fast repairs and we were good <laughs> go. uh, at that point. So over on the Xfinity side, I've never seen Montreal before. Yeah, me um, either. So, it's a cool so track. That's going to be a good one. Yeah, that's yeah, going to be a good kinda one. I'm kind of pumped about that one. I think that- that'll be a lot of fun. The other one that I'm really interested in, and this is a little bit different, is Pocono in the playoffs. Yeah. Like, I really think that is going to be one of those that sets somebody apart. Well, Pocono puts on some of the best races in Speed Racing Network historically. Yeah. So that should be a really good race. Yep. And then over in the Cup Series, you've got Chicago Street. Yeah. Uh, so the It'll first time we've everybody. done that one. <laughs> and, and then go to Bristol, man. Bristol, uh, yeah. Yeah. We, we, uh, we had a long argument 
about Bristol because everybody <laughs> keeps saying, man, why, yeah, why isn't Bristol on here and all that stuff? Well, yeah. it's because the last time we went there, there was right. like 94 <laughs> cautions. It was absolutely the terrible. parking lot on the backstretch. <laughs> oh, it was, yeah. it was awful. I mean, absolutely yeah. terrible. But we figured if any series can do it, then... Right. Yeah, let's talk about the Cup Series. But yeah, the last time we went there, I believe it was Mid-South Madness Season 2 was the last time we went there. It might, we no, might we have been there. Yeah, season the, 1. Yeah, I remember the Truck Series was a 130-lap race, but we had 96 laps of caution. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and so in the, in, the, in the Xfinity Series for Mid-South Madness Season 2, it was 127 laps and 14 cautions. And so for Jeez. 72 of those. So over half the race, yeah. both times. And so that's why we're nervous about it. But with the I ratings... I also How think like them. putting those tracks at the top of the schedule. Yes. That's also like a big thing. Like Phoenix is mm-hmm. always a tough one because people overdrive the beginning of the year and then they settle in like halfway through and then like Bristol into the playoffs. That would be, that, I think that would be your best bet for. Yeah. We, we made an absolute point to be sure yeah. there was at least one race between Bristol and the playoffs. Yeah. Like we didn't want that to be the cutoff race. Right. Yeah. There'd be some hurt and, feelings after that one, I'm sure. And the guess is that usually halfway through the season, there's a, at least a little bit of fall off. Right. And so the guess is that there's not going to be 43 cars on the track at Bristol. Right. Yeah. That's the guess. Now, had you had it week two, Right. Yeah, yeah you're going to have 43 cars in Bristol, yeah. and that's just, I mean, forget no it. Way. I don't care who you are. That's just not yeah. going to work. I feel you like know? the schedule this coming season in season four is a really good balance of what tracks the drivers want to drive on, but also mm-hmm. the tracks are going to be really fun for people to watch. I think we've really found a balance here, and I really think it's going to be times 10 because each series has a unique schedule. The people are going to want to watch all the separate races and see the tracks they don't normally see. and and kind of keep up with the drivers in a different light. So I'm really excited for it. I'm pumped for season four and the schedule changes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think it's it was more thought out this season than we've ever done it before. So I mean, not to say we, ne- we didn't think about it in prior seasons, but this season we, we literally went track by track. And said, I'm okay. excited for New Hampshire. I'm glad. Uh, yeah. 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 Um, Indianapolis road, road course, Red Bull Ring. I mean, yeah, there's, Bull. I mean, just so many great tracks, especially on that Cup Series schedule. I, I, yeah, and then add in the fact that we basically opened up the I ratings on the Cup side. If they can't figure this out in the Cup Series after opening up the I ratings and then this schedule, I don't know what to tell you anymore. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I don't know what else to do. This podcast is made possible by Glitch. Glitch is here to dominate and revolutionize the landscape of esports by prioritizing gamer health and well-being. Use promo code JBRACING to save 10% off your order at Glitch.com. That is G-L-Y-T-C-H dot com. We'll talk a little bit about JBR for a second and then why we're kind of doing this podcast. So... JBR, like I said, was founded March of 2020 and the upbringing of Speed Racing Network and the kind of pivoting of Mid-South Madness. So, Sean, you've been around JBR since the very beginning of the team's existence. What do you take away from us as a team? What kind of sets us apart from some of the other teams that race in Speed Racing Network? I mean, number one, I've got a JBR shirt. So, <laughs> you know, I've got my JBR sweatshirt. I do. So, so I must have been, I probably was one of the first to get a JBR shirt. The thing that I've always matched JBR with is just consistency. Like just always 
they're always in position. Now, does that mean you're always going to make it to the end and win the race and stuff like that? No, but you're always a contender, you know? And so that might not be all five of you at the same time, but that's what makes teams great is having three to four that are on it. And then one or two that just aren't, you can't have all of them be on all week long. It's just, it, Sorry, that we don't have that caliber of driver here, right. <laughs> you yeah. know, yeah. but, but if you have two or three, maybe four drivers that are good on, on each track, then I think you, you get that consistency out there where your team is consistently scoring points. And that's, that's going to come in very handy this season. So I'm willing to drop a, drop a bomb on you guys here right now that nobody else knows. Oh boy, here we go. Oh boy. I mean, breaking news. <laughs> and so the team championship is going to be structured a lot differently this season than any other season. So in previous seasons, we've basically just done total points up through week 13 and then done a seated bracket and do all that stuff. This time it is going to be a little bit different, boys. Oh boy. <laughs> so we are going to go head to head with one other team, an eight team schedule kind of like a basketball league or whatever basketball baseball whatever it is like a round robin type. right and your standings are based off of wins and losses yeah. so it's not based off of total overall points just off of wins and losses and so and then we'll get to to the end and we're debating right now whether we want to do two rounds of the playoffs or just one or how we want to do it but but basically there's going to be kind of like a world series where the last three races of the season it's best two out of three yeah. For the championship, and then third and four, they take on each other for third place or whatever. And and we're planning on pay paying out the top three this season instead of just the top one. I think it's going to change things a lot because those wins and losses, I mean, it's going to make it so, especially on the broadcast, we can look at, okay, well, you know, where's JBR compared to a tank or whatever it is because they're up against each other and that also gives jbr even more incentive to really know where their competition is right yeah you know? and i feel and like so, what's helped jbr turn and what it's turned into is partly because of speed racing network and the focus the league has on the team aspect of it because that's just helped us grow our brand helped us grow as teammates and so to have that little unique situation in the team championship this coming season is going to be really cool but i really liked where that's going next year and i love the team aspect srn has yeah, it's different. I don't I haven't seen very many very many series that run a team structure. Now, I mean, most series will have teams in it, but I don't think I've seen any others that it is so focused on the team championship itself. And it also gives the guys that might not be fighting for wins every week competitive reason to run every week too, which is mm -hmm. a cool thing. It makes them you know, you're part of a team, so you're running for your team points and stuff. Yeah, so. especially those drivers that their goal every week is a top 10 or whatever, because there are some of those guys out there in the leagues, and it just it gives them something to race for, and they can be proud of when their team does well. Like, I remember in Season 2 when we won the team championship, me and Landon won the races, but the other three truck guys were just as proud of us winning that team championship because they had just as much to do with it as we did. And so that was special to see those guys have pride in what they've accomplished, even though they may have not taken a checkered flag that in that season. With that being said, JBR season three, I the newest driver to JBR. I was in, with Tank on season two and JBR on season three. But I think season three was probably not that great of a season. But as JB knows, I've been saying, I think 
we are going to have the biggest bounce back season, kind of knowing that this what this team championship now is going to hold, I think that'll help us prepare for what is going to occur throughout season four. Yeah, and our, our core group is staying together. And there are quite a few teams throughout SRN where they kind of have the same core drivers stick together. And that does a lot for your team because when you're in the middle of the race trying to figure out strategy and how to run, it makes a big difference on the success of your team. So we're going to have that going forward because we're returning pretty much all our usual suspects in the truck series, you could say. Um, <laughs> but just to finish up our conversation about JBR, I kind of built this team to be uh, an avenue for us to race that didn't cost us thousands and thousands of dollars. I mean, Kyle can tell you, growing up around racing, it's not cheap. You know, you're gonna, doesn't pay. you're gonna spend money, and it's even worse when you're tearing up stuff. And I can tell you, all the drivers that drive for JBR, we all have that passion to drive. Like we want to race, um, but for a lot of us, not financially feasible. Either mostly because of where we all live, we're all spread around the across the country, and we don't have thousands of dollars to spend on race car chassis, motors, tires, hauling them to the racetrack. And so to get our racing fix, we built this. Not saying we're never going to get to that point, because the ultimate goal at JBR is to build a strong foundation with a really good group of partners. So when we're ready to take that step into real-life racing, we have that backing. We're not just jumping into the deep end of the pool with weights on our ankles. So that's kind of the end goal here. That's what we built this as. And Sean, you've probably noticed through our operations and how we go about things, that's kind of our goal. Yeah, I mean, honestly, what you're talking about, especially with the with real racing costing so much money and that sort of thing, that is actually one of the very few drawbacks of iRacing. And a lot of it speaks to, you know, some people will call it a video game, some people will call it a simulation, whatever you want to call it. The fact is, you're not spending thousands of dollars when you hit the wall of Daytona. Right. You're spending maybe 10 in our league, maybe even less. If you want to take into account your entire year's membership, then 199, whatever it is, but you're not spending thousands of dollars every single time you wreck. And the good part of that is great. That means you can stay out on the track longer. And that's why some of the NASCAR drivers use iRacing is I can stay out on the track even when it's raining, even when my car is destroyed because I messed it up already, you know, whatever it is. But, but that's also a drawback too, because that causes people to take more risks because yeah. there's less uh, consequence to that risk. Yeah. Even and, that's a very good point. It does cause some kind of aggression problems, and it can construct bad habits in younger drivers that eventually find themselves into driving race cars somewhere in the country. My biggest takeaway from iRacing is the ability for engineers and crew chiefs to test setups in cars and not spend the thousands of dollars on test days. And cause That gets very expensive. You're having to buy fuel, you're having to buy tires, you're having to trailer your car. Why not plug some numbers on shocks and springs into a computer and see exactly how it works? That's a big thing to me, just from working within the NASCAR industry and seeing that side and the benefits of it. And now, and then from driving and owning a team and seeing that side and the benefits of it. So that's kind of how we've built JBR and what it's been. And we've been kind of at the growth of SRN at the same time. So that's still our exclusive league. It's pretty much all we race. Some of my drivers do race other things, but our brand is primarily associated with our participation in speed racing network yeah make no mistake we're we're not that serious it's just like oh, all these other series are terrible you know anything like that i mean the bad part about having a jason trip and a sean griffith in charge of this thing is like i said we both have kids we're both married we both have full-time jobs that that take way longer than 40 hours a week we both have all that stuff going where we man I wish we could be one of those series that has 15 leagues 
I truly do. I wish we had a series in every single realm of racing, dirt, IndyCar, whatever it is. I would love to see that. Man, we just don't have time. Yeah. And so that's why we've really had to limit ourselves to three. But I do love the, I love the fact that, that our three are some of the best out there, in my opinion. Agreed. That's why we keep coming and, back. That's also a testament to the partners and the sponsors we're able to bring and show them the value that Speed Racing Network provides. Speed Racing Network provides the avenue for us as a team to build the basis that we were talking about a little bit earlier, build that base of partners. Because if you're just trying to build partnerships with companies um, and their broadcast isn't all that good, it's hard to sell that value. And Speed Racing Network and its ability to put on a really good show, anything that a company would want to associate themselves with, helps us bring in those companies, bring in that sponsorship, bring in that value, which kind of feeds me to the point of why would an iRacing team want to do a podcast? Like, what are we doing here? And the simple fact is we're trying to bring added value to our partners and sponsors through giving them some extra airtime, but also to kind of build that relationship with some of our fans and be able to associate us with our sponsors and kind of hear more about us and what we do rather than just watch us drive our cars around the track once a week. So we're really excited about this project and we're hoping that it continues to grow. And I think it will. I mean, I think it's something that as we continue to get more eyes on the product, whether that's through through the other drivers, whether that's through through you and your sponsors, and that as more and more people get eyes on it and learn the, the names, you know, it's just like any other product out there in sports where you have to have your key figures. The NBA was is nothing without a LeBron James out there on the court. It's just not. And so you have to know, you know, know those big names. And so if we can get one or two of those that people tune in to watch, and I'd love it to be JBR, I'd love it to be Tank or whoever. I don't really care who it is because, I mean, I have no vested interest in who wins. That's, that is what's so fun to me is I could care less who wins the race because I'm not tied to any team. I was in the first season. I owned Striker Motorsports. And then after that, I was just like, I think it's going to be a lot better if we just back away completely and just let that go to somebody else and, you know, do that. But, but I think that the more we get those big names in here, then I think the more people are going to tune in to watch that. And it's just going to take a couple more seasons, I think. Yeah. And we've had extreme growth, you could say in the last two and a half years. And yeah. In the next two and a half years, who knows what we might be looking at. Bullify has the best bowling jerseys in the industry. The quality is great. The prices are amazing and their customer service is excellent. Save on your first order by using code JBRACING. Bullify is the official jersey provider for Jonathan Byer Racing. I kind of wanted to finish off with what does the future hold for us? What does the future hold for SRN? I'll, I'll say on the behalf of JBR, the future is endless. I mean, we don't know exactly where we're going to go. We're just going to continue to take incremental growth and take the opportunities as they present themselves and continue to build our partnership base and work with our companies that have been loyal to us since the beginning and keep racing SRN until SRN decides they don't want us around anymore, which I don't see happening. But Sean, what does the future of SRN look like? I know you've alluded to it a little bit about, like, you'd love to do all this and that, but where do you see SRN in the next two years? I don't see SRN going away, and the reason I don't is, 
we've got 100, 120 drivers that just love it so much. I don't see me and Trip being as integral to it going forward just because, again, we just don't have as much time as we wish we would. We're always going to be involved. Don't ever get me wrong on that. <laughs> but I know in season three, we stepped back a lot. So we let Greg take over the broadcast. We we put two people from each series in charge of the actual races and adminning those races. Trip and I were always there in the background, but for the most part, it was just those guys. And that made it the best season of all for me and Trip because we trusted our guys to get it done and do that. And I think we're going to see more of that. I think we're going to see more of, you know, let's trust our, let's trust our league admins to get their job done. Let's trust Greg to get his job done on the broadcast side or whoever the other producers are on that. And if we can get to that point of trusting those people and building up from there, then there is a possibility of us going more leagues. There is a possibility of us expanding further. We just have to find the right people with the passion and the time to do it. And that's, again, that's just the biggest struggle is just finding those people that have the time and the passion to do it and consistently keep that time and passion because it's just life changes. And so, so man, I would love nothing more than to, than to expand this thing out and do that. It's just going to take the right people going to take the right opportunities that, you know, honestly, we have a dream out there that is so far off, but I just imagine this, if you could, a world championship of iRacing where you have a qualifying on your home iRacing platform, whatever it is, your rig at home. But then after you qualify, you're qualifying for a regional championship and you go to somewhere in your region and you race in person. It could be sponsored by these big names to put rigs together, identical rigs for every single one of the competitors, have a championship rig, whatever. And you do four or five of those regionals. And then the winners of those regionals go to the world championship in Vegas. The Luxor Casino has a gaming, whole gaming arena and all that stuff. And then you could turn that into a whole gaming expo and invite other games to have their world championships at the same time and do all that stuff. So this thing could blow up huge. It just takes the right opportunity and the right people yeah, and the right contact. So if anybody knows anybody out there that, that wants to uh, sponsor a world championship, then Hey, well, let's put it together. Yeah, I know your guy. Yeah. It sounds like you have it all written out and it sounds oddly uh, similar to a bowling style. It, it does. Doesn't it? It doesn't actually shocking. What's so funny is I actually got the idea. It wasn't even from bowling. So in, in most bowling centers though, there's a game there, a, a, an arcade game called big buck hunter pro. And so back in 2008, I went to the Big Buck Hunter Pro World Championships in Chicago. And so basically they had it where you qualified on your home machine that was connected to the internet. So you go to your home arcade or whatever, you qualify for the regional championships. We went to the regional championships. I want to say it was in San Antonio. I was living just south of Dallas at the time. And so we went to San Antonio to compete in the regional championships, made it through that. And so we got invited to the world championships in Chicago. So we went up there and I mean, here's 50 of the best, actually it was 64 of the best. And they put us in a big bracket and we went to town and I took fifth, fifth in the world right. in big buck hunter pro. Yeah. <laughs> that same exact structure is exactly what I'd love to see in this. It would just take a little bit more equipment because you would literally have to have 40 identical rigs. Yeah. That, you know, that takes a lot of equipment, a lot of time and a lot of people, yeah. but 
Man, that would be something cool to see. Oh, man, it would be wow. insane. I'd love to be part of it. Tired of doing all the tedious paperwork just to take part in a bowling tournament? There's a better solution. Tournament Pay provides a convenient way to find, enter, and pay for bowling tournaments all in one place. Visit TournamentPay.com today. This was probably season two that we put feelers out to the Coca-Cola series where we basically said, what would it take to put a couple of drivers into the Coca-Cola series? Could we sponsor two drivers in the Coca-Cola series? And basically it came back, basically, no, <laughs> like, like you have to be a well-known, whatever a sponsor or team or, and, and all that stuff and have this specific setup and do all that stuff. But what we really thought would be cool is if this was kind of a feeder league into our feeder series into the Coca-Cola series, but we just haven't, we haven't gained the traction that's necessary to be on that level yet. I think we could, especially as our talent gets better and better. We actually just had a one of our drivers ask about a, a a driver joining the series, and that driver is actually an Xfinity Series driver in real life. Yeah, I've seen that. It was pretty it, cool, yeah. Yeah, so, and shoot, let's do this. I mean, it's different than, it's different than being actually out on the Xfinity track. I mean, it, it is. So I would love to see him out there. I would love to see him do that and bring some of his friends and, and all that stuff. I mean, I would honestly look at our roster in all three of our series. I would put our roster up against just about any professional driver on a, in a single rate fixed setup, all that stuff. I'm not backing down from that. I'm not. I think we've got some fantastic drivers in our series. Will we win every single one of them? Heck no, but neither do they don't win every one of them either. Right. And so it's, I really think everybody has a chance to win if they put in the effort and they put in the time. I really don't think anybody, especially in our series, is so far and away great that nobody can compete with them. Right. And that's, yeah. I think and that's I... what makes this one of the best leagues around because from the bottom to the top, everybody's got a chance. Everybody's got a shot. Yep. Everybody, if you want it, you're going to have a chance to win it, basically. And that makes it a ton of fun. Say, I think bringing Brennan Poole into a series, you know, let's say he does have a good time and he, like, makes Instagram post about it or whatever, whatnot. That brings exposure to Speed Racing Network. I'm not sure he's got the time to run the series full time. So yeah. just saying that, just using him as an example where the talent level has gotten to the yeah. point where we have professional drivers saying, well, hey, can I play? <laughs> I raced with Grant Enfinger on Thursday nights. In a truck oh, sweet. League. Yeah, and, and he won just a couple of weeks ago and he still showed up to the league race with on Thursday night. So yeah. that was pretty cool. I <laughs> so mean, that, you won in real life and then you came in here and he lost. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and, well, and, and that's, I mean, what was so funny is, is Landon Lacey, who was bringing in, trying to bring in Brendan Poole, he legitimately said on the chat, he was just like, I'm better than he is. <laughs> like, like, and part of it is just like, wow, that is extremely arrogant to say that. But man, I kind of like that he said that. Yeah. You know, that's kind of cool. Yeah. That's, and to be the best, you got to compete against the best. And not only is it good competition, it's just a lot more fun. Like if I hop in an official race and there's some Coca-Cola series drivers in there, they're fun. And like anybody that races iRacing knows, you could get in there with Dale Jr. I've raced multiple races with Mike Skinner. You never know who you're going to catch in these lobbies. 
and it could just be a ton of fun racing against these guys, and they can be beat because we've seen it multiple times because it's just not what they're used to. But, Sean, I'd like to thank you for taking the time to come on our first episode. We felt like it'd be beneficial to kind of lay the groundwork of Speed Racing Network because it kind of helps better explain JBR and our whole operation. So we'd like to thank you for taking the time to come out and chat with us and kind of give us the backstory of Mid-South Madness and Speed Racing Network and give us a few insights on the on the future. So you have a couple seconds here if you'd like to give a shout-out to anybody. I mean, just really a shout-out to all the drivers in Speed Racing Network. I mean, they are what makes this series go. I mean, that's the drivers are the reason that we keep coming back every single season. Because honestly, we've gotten to to the point a few times where we just say, do we have the time? Do we have the ability to do this? And the thing that keeps us coming back is the fact that we've got 100 to 120 guys that use this as their release from the real world. And so we feel like this, in order for us to help these guys to make it through their week, that we need to have this here. And so I appreciate them being there for that. I appreciate the admins and, and Greg and his team doing doing the broadcast. And I especially appreciate Jason Tripp for bringing me on board originally and for uh, sticking with it. I mean, he's become like a brother, which is absolutely hilarious because we literally had no idea of each other's existence before we got into a league and I completely trashed somebody at Watkins Glen. We had no idea that we that we even existed. And so, and now he's become like a brother and really appreciate that. So yeah, that's really all of it, man. All right. We'd like to thank Sean for joining us, taking the time out of his busy day to talk about Speed Racing Network and all that involves. I'm ready to get the season started. We're in Daytona next week. That's where everything kicks off. What are you guys looking forward to? Daytona is a kind of a crapshoot. You go in there just looking for points for the most part. So I'm just looking to maybe get a couple extra bonus points from these duels and yeah, see how the field operates, who just work with, who to stay away from. And that's my main goal. For me, for all of my super speedway lovers out there, you already know how I feel about this track. I love Daytona. I love coming to the super speedways, especially D- Daytona and Talladega. So it's going to be a good time. Hopefully we can win or get some good points out of it. Yeah, I always try to think of trying to get points out of these plate races or super speedway races because you really don't know what's going to happen. It's like gambling. I mean, you're at the luck of everybody else in the field. I feel like we do generally well, though, because of us working together as a team to try to finish well. We've definitely had really good runs, and maybe the finish doesn't always result. I'm looking forward to getting this season started, though. We have a lot to look forward to. I know everybody's excited to be back. Looking at the schedule this year, there's plenty of good tracks to highlight. Kyle, what what are your favorite destinations we're stopping at this year? Yeah, I'm definitely excited for the short tracks, as always. They added up some in there this year. But Dover, man, I run really well at Dover, and I'm looking for some redemption from the past two years. Last year, being taken out lap one, (laughs) and the year before that, being taken out by a wrecked car, not holding the brake. So, yeah, I would like to do well at Dover this year. Jacob, we're not going back to Darlington, unfortunately, where you were victorious, but what are you looking forward to on the schedule? Yeah, no, sadly, I we're not going back to Dover, but honestly, there's two tracks in my mind that I'm looking 
and they're interesting to me. I'm Rockingham and Iowa. Iowa is my favorite track on the sim after Talladega. So I know I can run well there, and I ran well there last year. And then Rockingham is a new one that we added into the season this year, so I'm interested to see how everyone's going to drive that track and how much chaos it could be or could not be. The schedule shakeup wasn't big, but it was big enough to just get a refresh in there, a, a taste of something a little bit new. But I'm looking forward to you know, getting in a fresh start for this year. I know last year wasn't what we hoped, but we returned pretty much 90% of our team and brought back some old faces even. I'm ready to get started. I know SRN's ready to get started. There's a few new faces around SRN as well, but not as many, I think, as we saw come in new last year, which I think is going to result in a better racing product because we kind of already know these guys, and I'm curious to see if you guys think of the same thing. Yeah, no, I agree 100% on that. I think with everybody staying pretty much the same, it'll be definitely a better season. And I've been calling it since Homestead. I think this season for JBR is going to be a way better season than what we had last year. Yeah, and I think, you know, every year we start, it feels like the first few races are disastrous, for lack of better terms. But it's not necessarily because the racetracks are bad. It's just we haven't run around each other. We don't know how everybody races yet and then you look at the latter parts of the season i feel like the races are a lot better kyle's raced what three seasons with us now and i think you can say with positivity that in the last 10 races are going to be a lot better than the first 10 races yeah and i feel like it's you don't have to win a race in srn to make it to the finals which i've proven so it's just about consistency and finishing each week and keeping yourself out of those situations with those drivers, whether that means losing a spot at the end of the race, but still getting points, good points, you know? So I feel like that's my focus this year is just get consistent finishes and be there at the end and put myself in position to finish well, if not for the win. Yeah. And like Sean says, when he thinks of JBR, he thinks consistency. So <laughs> it's right on par yeah. with the team far, I guess you could say, but we're excited to be doing this podcast. We're excited to get a new season cranked. We're excited to do anything to just broaden our network and our scope. And we would like to thank all the team partners that are starting the year with us. We have quite a few new ones. Uh, you'll get to hear a little bit from them. Uh, in some segments, we'll definitely bring a few partners in here and, and they'll talk a little bit about how they work with us, how we give them value, and, and how that partnership works so you can see it from the other side rather than just ours. Uh, you'll hear a little bit more from some other JBR drivers that we pop in here to talk about how their season's going, how they're looking forward to certain tracks on the schedule. We'll also bring in more people from SRN like Sean that have either been involved in the admin side or maybe some of the broadcasters as well. They talk about that side of things and how that works for Speed Racing Network. But we're really excited about what we're building here. We can't wait to hear everybody's feedback on what they want to hear and who they want. Be sure to leave comments and tell us who you want us to pull up in here and talk to and maybe even some NASCAR industry people that you want to pop in here to talk a little bit more about how that how NASCAR relates to iRacing and how we can all work together inside the industry. Thank you for listening to the first episode, JBR's Garage Pass, presented by Glitch, and we hope you have a great week.